Hello everyone, welcome to From Nowhere to Nothing, Ontological Oxymorons. I'm your host, Joel Bouchard, a doctoral student in psychology, and with me today is Mr. Norman Gayford, a professor of English and philosophy. In our last episode, we discussed some key principles of rational thinking. Today, we'll put them to use by examining a topic that usually isn't considered from a philosophical point of view. If you're like me, and statistically, there's about a 50% chance you are in this regard, you have worked in a restaurant at some point during your life. From the teenager's first fast food job, to the television-renowned chef's empire built on Michelin stars, food service is an indelible part of human culture. It always has been, and always will be. Today, we're talking about restaurants. I can just hear your voice go a little bit deeper and say, Previously on Nowhere to Nothing. <laughs> We've been going so long now that we almost need to have recaps. You know, <laughs> what episodes are we going to reference in this one? But yeah, so um, this this is kind of an interesting um, exercise, right? It is. That's you know, what we, it is. It's an yeah, exercise. Yeah, we talked about the key principles of rational thinking last week. And then after going through them and talking about what we wanted to talk about this week, you said, Let's really stretch ourselves and, and try to do something strange. Oh, you know. And, you know, we always say in every episode, hey, you can talk about anything philosophically. And That's we've, right. We've done some strange topics in the past. Um, so the one that we came up with today is restaurants. So um, I, I'll preface this question by saying we don't need too deep of an answer because I think we're going to spend the whole episode <laughs> discussing this. But yes. what is the, the sort of light, fluffy overview of what a restaurant is? Uh, <laughs> the light and fluffy overview, it can be brief, but it's not quite so fluffy, but it's fascinating. The word restaurant, the etymology isn't, doesn't go that far back. It goes a couple, couple of centuries back. And essentially, uh, it comes from it's it means from a Latin root, but it means to refresh or to restore. Mm. And and just those two words open up all kinds of. We'll we'll be getting to them. Uh, so the the, the word uh, restaurateur is a person who enables replenishing and restoring. Mm. And it became restaurant that that the. The yes, letter added, um, um, I don't know, 100 years ago, but that's it. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was really interesting is that, you know, if you you think about it, you, you say, man, uh, restaurants have to go back very far into human history. But yeah, the language describing them is very, really, very recent. Yeah. So, do you want to provide us with a, a brief history of the restaurant? <laughs> I don't. Okay, I'm, I'm referencing my son on this, who was who was studied chefs and restaurants for years uh, as a side interest. No, there's not a simple history for restaurants. I, I mean, we we know that. Uh, one doesn't supersede another. There are inns. There have been inns for uh, as, probably as long as human history after migration and settlement happened. Mm. Um, places where you go to rest and to get a little food. So, in some sense, even the most ancient, um, a little a little shack in a copse of trees, <laughs> is. A restaurant. Now I know there's a storied history about it. I've I, I've read enough about it to say well, I I don't know where this is really taking me. I, I think it's more, the more interesting part for me was in looking up and reading about um, the, the way that um, space is designed yeah. for restaurants. Um, it's certainly. I mean, I'm not. It's not. It, it is a fascinating history about. Who could come to restaurants? Who who couldn't? Uh, the the different places, so so pubs as we call them now. There's a class system. Some people go to the higher class places. Some people don't. That's still true now. What's country music based on? But but honky tonks mm -hmm. still, uh, which are a kind of restaurant, right? Uh, um, so some restaurants were just for a, 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 like a bed and breakfast. That we would call now in our terms, some some were uh, just uh, they weren't even a restaurant; they were a place to sleep. 
you found your food somewhere else. Over time, there's some combination usually of drink of one kind or another, of, of food of one kind or another, not always a place to sleep afterward. Uh, saloons, the Old West, which were hos- uh, hotels and restaurants, part of them. So to me, that's all very mushy. I know there's a yeah, big, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I think that's why the history is is important, is because when you look back at the history of restaurants, yeah, and you've already done it here again, foreshadowing what a lot of the episode is going to be about. But you know, I think they're saying that the first, you know establishment that resembled a restaurant was you know about 500 bc in egypt right and they yeah. ate they served one dish just cereal fowl and onions yeah. sounds great yeah. really appetizing. <laughs> and then you know and what they're discovering is after you know mount vesuvius erupted and they they have been discovering pompeii they discovered these thermopolium which are kind of fast food restaurants, these places on the side of the road that had yep. already served meals. You could just stop, order something and leave. And these, you know, this was a mainstay of, of the ancient world through Greek and Roman times, you know, it was just kind of always there. And then in different parts of the world, you know, they had different, different in India, they had a variation of this. Um, in Europe, like you mentioned, inns and taverns sort of, dominated you know food was incorporated with a lodging um component and really in like the song dynasty in china is where our modern conception of a restaurant would have developed the first thing we'd really recognize as being a restaurant yeah yeah and then uh in france is where the first restaurant that you could call by that name was developed in pretty late you know in like the 1700s a few hundred years right an interesting tidbit is that the the oldest continually running restaurant has been around almost since that time the sabrino de de botten which is in spain but it was established by a frenchman in 1725 has been in continuous operation since that time i missed that that's fascinating yeah, almost 300 years it's like the continental so, hotel and john wick anyways so yeah so looking at <laughs> looking at all the history of restaurants um now we can get into some of the nitty-gritty questions that sort of um give us the the really good conversation mm-hmm. so i'm gonna ask you a question which i never thought i would have to ask but <laughs> As you start thinking about these things philosophically and deconstructing them, you just keep going farther and farther until you get a question like this. Hmm. Is it a precondition of a restaurant to purchase food? That's actually a really wild question. Because in modern times, that's a given. If you couldn't buy food at a restaurant, it's not a restaurant. Right. But, so, I think that where this question came from for me looking at the history was the European history. When I got to inns and taverns Mm -hmm. and bars and even the first French restaurant and things, right? So if, if you have a tavern, you're primarily serving drink. Yes. As you've mentioned with the etymology of restaurant, it generally is referring to a restorative drink. The first restaurant served a type of broth, um, which, is broth a food or a drink? That's a whole different philosophical <laughs> question, right? But it's related to this. So, uh, yes. Yeah. So, it, do you have to purchase food from an establishment in order for it to be a restaurant? In our understanding of restaurant, primarily, yes. But in the history, no, not necessarily. I mean, there there were uh, church institutions which gave food. And an offer to place, uh, a hostelry, uh, uh, we, we might call it now, or, well, uh, a homeless shelter, mm. a soup kitchen from the 1930s. I mean, you, we have, there have certainly been, through history, uh, places where you would go to be safe, to rest, to restore, to be given a little food and leave and not have to pay. Now, some some places ask for some work in kind, some sweat equity, so to speak, uh, where where people could do that. Uh, so, strictly speaking, cash is an exchange, but but there is a there is an input uh, uh, from the taker of the food 
in some instances. Yeah, so that is another interesting element, right? Because so okay, so where where we land on food? Does a restaurant have to serve food? Do mm. you think? Because I think what we're going to do is here is as I go through these questions, we're going to flesh out an idea of what a restaurant is, and then the overall thing at the end is going to be, I'm imagining, quite controversial and and subject to even deeper refinement in yes. our discussion. I but. would expect that of things that you ask. And I, because one of the first things that I thought of after I after I just read the etymology, I wrote a couple of notes, for instance. It says, I said, so what has the room or place design? What has that to do with restoring and refreshing? So at some point, we're, we, we at least have to talk about that. But right now, for about the, the idea of must there even be food? Yeah. Is what you're asking. Because in the Japanese world, restaurants usually start as tea houses, mm -hmm. right? So usually you, this is where you just went to buy tea. Yeah. Um, and then, um, but they weren't considered restaurants until they started serving simple foods. Well, I think the, etymologically, if we, if we adhere fast and hard to the etymology, the, the restore and refresh applies to the food and the vending of food. But, I, but I'm not going to stay there because once you've opened up the language thing, you know we go yeah, yeah. to places. And, That's fine. I'm not so, setting a trap for you this time. Am I treading? Am I going, wee, wee? With <laughs> I'm, fully aware that, I'm fully aware we're going to get to the end of this and we're going to have to, we're going to, have to revise. But. I don't, I think that you could, technically, you could have a restaurant that does not have food. Okay. All right. So, yeah, and I, I'm, I'm torn on this one, but I think that you're right. I think just going back to the etymology, um, if you look at some of the stricter versions of it, it it's to serve a restorative drink, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, Such as broth, so which, which is food. Right. I, would, I would argue that, that broth is food because it has soup elements that, that are nutritive. Yeah, and what separates a food from a drink is it merely caloric content or is it the possession of certain macronutrients such as fat and protein or i don't know you know because that's the thing is you could have a soft drink that's purely sugar right and i think most people would consider that a drink and a not smoothie food. A drink i think a smoothie is a food because it has a nutritional and macronutrient component i think that if you have a substance which is which does not I think that there's two components for a food versus a drink, right? One is it must have, um, it must be possessed of a macronutrient besides carbohydrate. And I think that it must have caloric content. So I think that if you have a substance that has calories and has either fat or protein or likely both with a carbohydrate, it is then a food instead of a drink. You've been very thorough in that, so I'm just going to uh, say, uh, so water is a drink. Water yes. is not a food. Right. But I would assert that if you went into a place and you had, and water was provided, whether you shell out a shekel, a coin, or you ask for water, and now the, even now, especially bottled or tap, mm. usually they won't even charge you for the tap water. Right. It's a restaurant. Yeah, <laughs> so, and so and that brings up uh, in a, a component that I embarrassingly did not have on my list to ask, which is. Does there need to be an economic transaction in order for a place to be a restaurant? So, in other words, if I yeah. show up to yeah. a place and they serve me food for free, like a soup kitchen, mm -hmm. is that separate from a restaurant? Do I have to be paying either in money or labor or in something? Do I have to provide an exchange of services or, you know, goods in order for it to be a restaurant? Well, I'm going to complicate it even more, but I'm going to stay with your question. I think it's... Uh, I think that if we are adhering to the guardrails of the definition, perhaps, that it does imply a, a capitalistic exchange now, but not necessarily before things, such things were called restaurants. 
But I think there's the idea of choice of food too that that comes into ah, it. you you so, <laughs> you got my next question. The next question I had was: Is it necessary that a restaurant have a menu? Ah, so in other words, does choice of food define an establishment as a restaurant? Well, you know, initially, I, I initially when I asked myself that, I said yes, but. But there are places in in Japan, for instance. There are there, they serve one thing. As you're, mm. you're you're referencing, that's not just the ancient world. There are still there are some restaurants you go to and they and they may have two dishes, or maybe one. The very specially spe- people tell you, oh, you've got to go to this place, they, and that's all they have. Well, if you're going and you're paying money for it and you're sitting down and you're eating it, it's a restaurant. If you're going and you're paying money for it and you don't sit down because part of the experience is you're supposed to eat this thing standing up culturally, it's a restaurant. Uh, if, if, <laughs> if you go in and you buy nothing but a companion does, you have gone to a restaurant, but you haven't participated in a restaurant. Mm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, we're getting in again. We're getting into the nitty gritty here. We are. And so, is it necessary that a restaurant have a menu? Does I, it is choice of food define it? I think if you look at the history, right? Yeah. And so this is where it gets complicated because the designation of restaurant isn't given to anything before the 18th century, really. Right. But in looking at the history of restaurants, right, they talk about these proto restaurants, mm-hmm. right? This. As funny as it is, this parallels our conversation about the sapient paradox where we talked about the history of humanity, um, but it's strangely, you know, um, the the groundwork is laid in other hominid species, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's the same thing with restaurants, right? Okay, you might not call something a restaurant until the 1700s, but when you talk about the history of restaurants, you have to talk about the history of all of these establishments that were restaurant-like in yes, qualities before. Yes, you do. And so a, a large history of these proto-restaurants is a lack of choice, right? In the Egyptian one I just said, they served cereal. one dish, cereal, fowl, and onions. Yeah. Um, in Europe, if you were at an inn, you ate at a communal table and you had no choice in food. Somebody right. just served up one dish and you ate it. Now, there was probably there was an economic exchange. You gave money, um, but there was no choice of food. But you understood that there was not going to be a choice of food, and you're still participating. I think that this is this uh, this is as I said, this is still true. There are specialty joints where. <laughs> You get one thing, but you know you're going to get that one thing. In in those circumstances, you you come in off the road traveling. You come into an inn. Uh, you are you know that you're going to be limited in your food choice to what happens to be available to the innkeeper that day. Mm-hmm. When when we're talking be, back before being able to keep food for days, so if they have a chicken to kill and offer to you, then that's what you're going to have. Um, it's called an inn, not a restaurant, but but I I think the limitations of when it first began to be called that, <coughs> I think we're still talking restaurants pre the use of the word because of the restore and refresh. You sit at a communal table, food is put before you. It's the communal nature of the of the eating. This is a whole other branch of this that that makes it restorative and not just a physical sense. Although when you're sitting and relaxing and talking to people, you're physically relaxing. It's mm. a physical sense. You're, re- you're giving yourself nutrition of some kind, and so you are restoring your body's energy, but you're also spiritually or, or societally, um, communitarianly uh, experiencing conversation or the presence of others, uh, perhaps laughter, perhaps uh, in intense discussions of this or that, all of which could have to do with how well you digest your food. It's so it's restoring, it's refreshing. Yeah. Yeah, we're gonna and we're gonna talk about this more in a bit. Um but okay, so Interesting. So I, I think what we're saying is it's not necessary for a restaurant to have a menu or a choice. It has a menu only in the in, in the in the strictest sense of 
it's binary. You can make the choice or you can make the choice not to. And the, and the owner has, the owner makes the menu. And if there's just one food, it's still a menu. So somebody like a, a, a hot dog vendor in New York city would still technically be a restaurant under that definition, right? All you serve is hot dogs. Well, see, now we're getting really okay. <laughs> you don't have to answer that one now because we're going to get into yeah, it. Yeah, no, we're I'm, gonna get I'm into thinking it. about it. Um, <laughs> is it essential that a restaurant serves an entree? No, because not all restaurants served entrees or used the word to serve. So, so are you talking about the labeling or are you talking about the thing in itself? So here's where it gets interesting, right? <laughs> because we did, we discussed in question number, oh, what was that? Question number three, uh, that is it a precondition of a restaurant to have food? And we yeah. decided, no, you can serve a, a drink or something. So technically it seems like an entree should be out. You shouldn't need an entree, right? Yeah. But then it raises questions like, um, is a bakery a restaurant, right? It does raise that question. Is a coffee shop a restaurant? Right, yes, yes. So now you have these sort of um, ancillary um, establishments that may not be concerned with serving a meal. They may serve food, but not a meal, which is another philosophical And then they branch out into serving. We have a wonderful coffee shop in Warsaw. It started out as coffee and cookies in another place. Expanded to, you know, some more baked goods. But it has tables. Well, you can sit and have your coffee there or not. Now they've added an outdoor, in an alleyway. They cleaned up an alleyway, made it beautiful, hung lights, have outdoor tables that you can sit at. And they have lunches. They have uh, all kinds of, uh, a, a larger range of food. Have they become a restaurant instead of a coffee shop? They're still called the coffee shop. Ah. Mm. Uh, yeah, that's and I think this is where it gets tricky and I don't think there's going to be a resolution. No, I don't see one <laughs> in the terms. So as philosophers we're going to have to sort of um bushwhack through this with our dull machetes of uh thought and hope that we don't end up getting eaten by an alligator. Or <laughs> but um yeah, there's I think that this is the problem with the language regarding restaurants is that there's severe bleed and overlap and redundancy yes. and confusion regarding establishments and their um, purposes. Yep. And so we can continually go back to the etymology, but only if we agree that the etymology conceptually defines what it is that we're talking about. So if a restaurant is, you know, is a place that consists of rest and you know restoration and these sorts of things or, or serving that then we can operate on that principle but but do we even agree that that is what a restaurant means or that that's what a restaurant still is today versus in the past the law doesn't agree to that did you know there's a legal definition of a restaurant i did not i've not seen this okay uh the legal definition, a restaurant or cafe means a building or place, the principal purpose of which is the preparation and serving on a retail basis of food and drink to people for consumption on the premises. Hmm. Whether or not liquor, takeaway meals, and drinks or entertainment are also provided. <laughs> so, Okay, so that's interesting. So by that definition, right, it – it doesn't say food or drink. It says food and drink. Food so, and drink. So if you were to serve just food and not drink. You wouldn't be a restaurant. You wouldn't be a restaurant. Which By seems definition. Seems crazy, right? It's the law. <laughs> <laughs> so you could show up at my, you know, you could show up at my place of employment. I could cook you a meal. You could sit down and eat it and pay me for it. But if I didn't offer you a drink, I am not a restaurant. You are not bound by the, the, the legal so, definition. yeah, so looking at the legal definition, the etymology, all these different things that are attempting to encapsulate and define what a restaurant and, is. And the retail basis, you see, that's yeah. the lie has said. Mm -hmm. So, so um, someone invites someone to come and sit down and eat and, and they've already made the meal, and, and but they've maybe adjusted the meal because they know you. And they provide you food and and little uh, orders beforehand and have the meal. If it's you know friends and it's not retail, it's not a restaurant. Yeah, but yeah. we're still restoring and refreshing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Right. And so we had a little restaurant in my town when I was a kid that was sort of like this. It was, it was called the hole in the wall and uh-huh. it really was a little more than that. It was on main street and you went in the door and there was a counter and maybe three or four seats at the counter. And I think there was one or two tables, yep. but behind the counter, they had just a residential fridge, a residential chest freezer, residential oven stove range, you know, and that was it. So for all intents and purposes, this could have been in somebody's kitchen in their house. Right. Um, but that you could you could order food and drinks and stuff. So it was, it was a restaurant, right? Yep. And that's the kind of thing that gets you thinking about these definitions a little bit. But so back to our question about an entree. Okay. Um, so I guess we'll return to some of these things. Is is a bakery? Is a coffee shop? A restaurant? What 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 are our defining? How what are we using as a guide to determine whether these things are are restaurants or are are their own entities, which they have names for, right? We, you can call something a bakery. You can call it a coffee shop. Right, right. But if you call them those things, what separates them from being a restaurant? The word meal. <laughs> and so is meal synonymous with entrees, the question. Uh, well, okay. So that I'm, now I'm going to the I'm, – I'm looking up the definition. And I mean, entree. and again, this, this gets tricky because I can make an entree out of a family-sized bag of potato chips, right? right? I do that all the time. Right. Well, <laughs> <laughs> so what is an entree? Yeah, My tell wife us. would appreciate that. Uh, the main course of a meal – um, is, is is the definition of an entree. What's the definition? What's the difference between an entree and a main dish? Entree is a French word that Americans use to refer to a main course. However, the meaning of entree in French refers to an appetizer on a traditional French menu, and the French call the main course a plat principal. So we've been betrayed by language again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's I betrayed been, the French language the way I've just said that. But <laughs> so it's been it's been complicated ever because by culture. So yeah, so Americans Americans call an entree the main dish, yep. but that the etymology of the word is not that at all, which parallels our problems with the etymology of restaurant and and what it actually is in reality. So. But at the same time, it, it does appear to be accurate, right? Because, like I just mentioned, if I go to a coffee shop. And I order 12 cookies and I skip lunch because I ate 12 cookies. I guess that's an entree, even though it's technically an appetizer, right? It's, it wasn't, it was never meant to be a main meal. It, but it was not it meant such. to be a main meal. And so te- for you, you have made the place, this, 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 uh, for you, a, a restaurant. But they never intended that to be an entree, <laughs> right? So, so now we have who's right—the person who comes in, the customer is always right, or or the 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 legal intent of the place. Because this gets interesting, right? <laughs> Let's say I go to a friend's house, right? So I'm at a friend's house, oh. and he, you know, he bought these really nice steaks at the market. And he makes me a nice steak dinner, um, you know, with some wine or something. And when I leave, I, you know, I'm feeling guilty. I go, you know what? I know those steaks were 20 bucks a pop here. Let me just give you the $30 and thanks for having me over. And he goes, okay, cool. Thanks. You know, (laughs) here's a monetary exchange, right? With food and drink where I sat down. So like you just said, is a restaurant a consistent thing from temporal time to time or can something be transformed into a restaurant if certain preconditions are met such as a monetary transition the consumption of food and beverage at a location you know or is so is it the intent of the restaurant owner the restauranteur or is it the actual actions that take place in a location regarding the economic exchange and of goods and services. I think legally, if we go back back to the legal definition, I think both of those adhere. Uh, it's a place that is has been designated a place where you will buy food and drink and sit and have it. So your friend's house, your, your contribution um, was a voluntary contribution. It wasn't a capitalistic exchange. And in a restaurant, the customers are paying 
the, enough money is coming in through the customers that's supposed to pay for what's going on in the business. Hmm. Yeah, I guess that, that we'd be back to definitions again in determining what the definition of retail is. But I'm assuming that it probably has something to do with, like you said, um, there being a compulsory or posted, um, you know, uh, economic contribution that's required for an exchange of goods and services as opposed to a voluntary. Exactly. You've dredged up a memory that, that just, just came flying, flying up out of the, the depths of my brain. My mom used to um, do many, many different jobs, and, and, and one of the kinds of jobs she did was as, as a waitress. <clears throat> Sometimes my brother and I would come home from school What's for dinner? <laughs> She'd tell us. Uh, can't we have something else? Very sharply, she responds, what do you think this is, some kind of restaurant? <laughs> And that happened more than once. So she was setting the tone for this whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> Decades later, now I'm at the... <laughs> right. Uh, I, I thought I had a, a faint hope that maybe it could be a restaurant, except I wouldn't want to pay for it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, so that all that implied was you come in and you have a choice. Mm. The, the, the that off the cuff comment offers a a rough uh, definition mm. in a very uh, superficial way. Oh, it's a place where you have choice of food. Yeah, which we which you just talked about. Um, the choice isn't isn't necessary yeah. for a restaurant condition. So we've looked at this and we've said food isn't necessary. Um, choice isn't necessary. Entree is, again, I guess that the, the question with entree all boils down to is the definition, is a restaurant predicated on the intent of the restaurateur and the legal and linguistic definitions mm -hmm. or is a restaurant based upon certain definitions of actions which take place regardless of legal and linguistic definitions oh man well the safe way out would be to say the legal definition <laughs> just but i I can't do that. As philosophers, that rubs us the wrong way, right? Because that is where a lot of problems in society stem from, is by defining things off of definitions rather than what they actually are. It is. And so now we're going to go to another word, the word meal. How do you define the word meal? Yeah, I think th this could be what ties it together, right? Because we, we had a discussion about what food is. Yep. We had a discussion about what entree is. Yep. But meal, I think, can tie those together, right? Because a meal could be a drink um, if the drink is sufficient to satiate you, to restore you. An entree, you know, or a meal could be an entree, but it could be an appetizer or whatever food you can scrounge up that is enough to satiate you or restore you. I think that a meal has a satiating element to it that relegates the um, definitions of food and entree mm -hmm. to the back, the back seat and kind of might provide us with a little bit more clarity on the issue. What do you have uh, for and, it? And, and you are mighty close on some of it, and, you'd, and, and, you'd, and, the, and the things that you said pointed to, so, so when you say when you're satiated, but that doesn't say what's in a meal. And the definitions, if you, I, I think if you ask most people, I think I, I until going to the definition, I think I probably would have said uh, a variety of kinds of food taken in together to uh, stop your hunger. Right. All right. Definition of meal. Any of the regular occasions in a day when a reasonably large amount of food is eaten. Hmm. What's the reasonably large amount? <laughs> I mean, uh, such as breakfast, lunch, or dinner. Uh, the food eaten on regular occasions. Uh, the old English definition, <laughs> the word that it comes from, is measure. Um, a measure taken at one time. Uh, meal it was something that took part on a fixed time. Hmm. Uh, 
and then it came then it goes to cornmeal and so on and so forth um so nowhere in that does it yeah you see i think i disagree with most of that Mm -hmm. right (laughs) because if i think about meal intuitively you know or anecdotally right it does not have to be a fixed point in time, right? If, if me and my friends decide to go to Denny's at three in the morning, that is not a time I normally eat, but I could sit down and have a meal. No, you could. Right. But ancient world. That would have been different uh, yes. if you were eating at a communal table. Um, and yeah, also, you know, a reasonably large amount of food. Again, that doesn't, I think that they're attempting to articulate what I was articulating but i do i think i did it better i do well <laughs> which is this is what i was saying which is, to you when i said when you were hitting a uh, you yeah. were hitting it because you know some people might consider breakfast a meal yeah half a bagel and a coffee some people might consider breakfast a lumberjack slam you know eggs <laughs> bacon sausage yes. toast pancakes you know you know so reasonably large i think is is a clumsy definition i think that until satiated is is a better definition. So I I, I don't think I don't necessarily think the f- fixed time frame is necessary, but I think the sati- there has to be a satiating element, which I think sort of elegantly goes hand in hand with the idea of restorative function that a restaurant has built into its etymology. On the surface level, you could have had those cookies you described earlier. A, a raft of cookies because they're made of grain. Back to the original meat, meal, that which is ground grain. So, um, gee, if it sated you, at least superficially, oh man, I've had five chocolate chip cookies. I'm good for the day. Nah, in an hour, you're not going to be good for the day because so, so the, the deeper that you're talking about, the nutritional satiety. Uh, requires a number of elements. Yeah, and so I think that we have arrived at something here, which is to say, like we discussed when talking about this hypothetical coffee house, right? Is that the intent of the coffee house is not to be a restaurant. They do not plan on serving meals to satiate hunger. But I can go in there and order food sufficient enough to satiate hunger. Mm -hmm. In that way, I think that the definition of a restaurant in some regard does hinge upon what takes place rather than legal or etymological definitions. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, Which causes the boundary of restaurant to be a bit osmotic and undefined, (laughs) right? So things can become restaurants and then not be restaurants depending on the actions of the patrons in some regard. Indeed. A bizarre, to go back to the other ancient thing that you, that you, um, you didn't use the word, but you were, you were referencing in various um, cultures um, where you can walk along and get, oh, well, here are berries. I want some berries. Mm-hmm. Well, you're probably going to do it in exchange. By the time you've walked through the bazaar, you might have had five different food groups. Yeah. Right. So, does, is the bazaar a restaurant? Not strictly speaking, but it has all the atomized elements mm-hmm. yeah. of the meal. Yeah. So, these uh, thermopileums, I think they mm-hmm. were called. Yeah. Um, that's the way they were. You know, you you they basically had a counter with earth jars built into them, and they'd hold nuts and berries and things. and And patrons would walk past, and they could either scoop out some nuts and berries and and pay for them and eat them, or they could order pre um, pre assembled meals. Um, so in that regard, I think if they, if you stopped at a thermopileum to and ordered a pre order, you know, pre made meal. It would probably be a restaurant, but if you scooped up a handful of berries as a snack, as opposed to a meal and paid somebody, it might not be a restaurant. So it can both be and not be a restaurant at the same time. We have a Schrodinger's Shakespeare. (laughs) (laughs) So um, very interesting, right? But you've raised another interesting question, which is, is a restaurant a physical location? Mm. Mm. So... 
by by design. I was thinking about the design. Can you have a pop up restaurant? Right. So and I would say yes. Yeah, and so that's that's what I was thinking of when I was coming up with this question was a food cart, a food truck, sandwich truck. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. A, um, how about a catering business? Right. They're bringing the restaurant to you. <clears throat> so the space. So is the restaurant the kitchen where the food is made, or is it the space in which the food is served? It's even more complicated than that because the caterers bring kitchen tools in order to finish off, depending on what the caterers have contracted with the customers for, to, to finish making some elements of the food on site. Mm. So the restaurant has been brought to them or to the, the people or the site has become a restaurant for those purposes, but not for outsiders. And this is where the legal definition wouldn't work, wouldn't work because somebody who's not invited to the party uh, hasn't been accounted for in the number of meals that are being made for the, by the caterer, and they aren't intending to sell them to other people, and they're not ready to, and they don't want to. Yeah, you see, catering is, is a really interesting case study for a restaurant, right? Because I would argue that even if the place where the food is prepared is a restaurant, it is not a restaurant in that regard. It is a kitchen, right? Because all there are no customers. There is no exchange of services there. All that's happening is that the workers are preparing or in some cases completely creating the food. But then they're taking that to a different location. So in that regard, even if that's happening in a restaurant building, for all intents and purposes, that meal is not – that's not a restaurant at that time. That's a kitchen. But then they pack up the meal and they go to a location. So at this location, this is not a permanent location. This location will change every single time the meal is served. But you have wait staff, right? You have – in all likelihood choices, you have a retail menu. Somebody, somebody is paying a set dollar value per plate. Um, you, you know, you're, so you have all of these elements that do coincide with something being a restaurant. But yes. I think that you hit on uh, in a very important thing that, that it hinges on, and it's a linchpin of it, is and I didn't have this question either, but now it's very important, which is that can a, can a restaurant discriminate clientele in that way, right? What is – so in a catering business, it's based upon a set number of meals, right? So yeah. we're not accepting outside customers because right. we're only creating a set amount of – few. well, that's not really any different, right, than a very high-class restaurant. Listen, we we know that there's going to be thousands of people that want to get in here. There's going to be a six-month waiting list, but we're only going to provide four tables because the complexity of the dishes or what we have to pay our our chefs and wait staff right. only allow us to, to accept a, a small number of people at a time. Yeah. So in that regard, I think a catering business in a very high-end restaurant would have the same bottleneck. So is a catering business, is it a restaurant? <laughs> is when you're a ser when a caterer is serving a food in a, at a location, is it a restaurant at that time? Uh, I think that it's an ex extrusion of the restaurant. Uh, it, <clears throat> there was a science fiction movie called The Blob. <laughs> this thing would come along and encase people. Well, we'll leave it at that because the rest of it doesn't work as a metaphor. the The restaurant has reached out, if indeed it's a restaurant that does catering, <laughs> and not all caterers are restaurants. So if it's a restaurant that provides catering, it has, it has reached itself out. It wants to bring its same kind of ambiance and its same kind of menu into a space that has been contracted to work within. It's sending some of its workers. They're, they're, they're expected to maintain the brand. They they are expected to be uh, not trodden over. They're supposed to be treated well. If they're they're doing uh, drinks, then they're going to be tips for the bartender. Uh, 
if they are actually serving people at tables, and sometimes it's a buffet and sometimes it's actual service, then it's really a restaurant because there's table service. You're talking to uh, waiter, waiters, waitresses, uh, you, you know, servant, serving staff. You are engaged in all the transactions you would be in the home-based restaurant. If you're walking up to a, a, a smorgasbord, if you're, if you're walking up to a buffet and you're picking and choosing, you're making choices. If you're a guest at a wedding, you haven't paid for those. The people who put the wedding together are paying for it. So you technically are not a restaurant customer. Hmm. But the family that has set it up is. That's very interesting, right? <laughs> very interesting. Because there's still somebody that's paying a set price for each meal. That's right. right? And yeah. you have, again, you have all those elements. I think that at this point, you're going to have a very hard time convincing me that a a catering location is not a restaurant based off of all the conversations that we've had, right? I, 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 because even if there's, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm trying to think of a situation where it wouldn't be. And so I think that the farther you strip it back, right, maybe, um, maybe there's no staff at all. Maybe you contract with a restaurant to, um, and, and me and my friends did this last year. There's just six of us, right? Um, but it was one of our friends' birthdays and they wanted to have a fancy meal. So on our way up to meet them, we stopped at a restaurant. They gave us a bunch of these plastic totes that, you know, were locked, closed, and we brought the totes. We opened up the totes. You know, there was barbecue and, and mashed potatoes and these sorts of things. And we just helped ourselves to them and, and ate them. So that's that's about the least restaurant that a catering yes. business could get. There yes. was no, no accompanying staff, right? But we still paid a set price for the food. Yep. We had a choice in, in the menu. We had a meal, which satiated us. Yes. You know, and in, in the location we were at, it all happened in this one. So, was my friend's house a restaurant in that case, right? Yeah, well, in that case, I would say no. <laughs> it feels like no, but I can't articulate why. Okay. The, I think the why would go back to the ambiance of the space all the restaurants try to create even fast food restaurants which one has a hard time calling a restaurant but by the legal definition would be try to create their own character however jangly and off-putting that is um, you know, I, I, I took my dad uh, after a medical appointment this, this week. He, he wanted to go to Burger King, so we, we drove through. We did not go inside. But all the accoutrements of the restaurant handed through the window were in the boxes, reminding us of Burger King. They asked him if he wanted a crown. <laughs> <laughs> they, they said it to, you, you know, as, as you're driving through, uh, you know, it's not your boss. I forget what it is. It's a, a strange phrase that, that they were using. It's, it's not your right. It's not your boss. But it was something like this. Have it your way. Yeah, yeah but, it, but it was more in, in your face. Right. You're the, you're the guy or whatever. It's like, this was uncomfortable. <laughs> Don't tell me this. Don't keep telling me this. <laughs> no, he doesn't want to cry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if he had, it would have been fine. But So we're sitting outside the restaurant under a tree looking at It's sitting 20 feet away from us in a parking lot in the shade, eating the food that they provided, hearing the interactions as the other people driving through. We're not inside the space, but the space has been extruded into us. Hmm. We are in Burger King's ambiance, which isn't all that pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, but the people the, the people at the window were going through the script. Okay, that's that's raggedy. But in, in a in a fully established restaurant where you the intent is you do go in, you do sit down. Uh, you buy a gift certificate to give somebody else so they can go and experience the way that that particular place provides food, uh, the music that they give. They, do they give you a lake view? Do you have a choice of a lake view? Or you want to be inside? How are the tables arranged? Um, what kind of tables are they? What's the lighting like? All of that together 
How are they trying to give you an experience that will bring you back into that space? So there's an extra element. It's not that they're restoring and refreshing you. They're restoring and refreshing you, but they're trying to do it in their own special way so that somehow you want to go back and be restored and refreshed there. Yes. So this this physical location question is is very important. Yeah. And again, it's one that I think that is is a huge struggle, right? Because catering demonstrates this very well. I can give you another thought experiment, right? With our, our modern world. Yes. And especially post-COVID. Imagine that I had a business where um I made food for people, right? Mm -hmm. For for a living. Um so I made all the food in one location and then I had delivery drivers that would bring it to people's houses. Yes. And you know, so people, they could look at the menu online, they could make choices, they paid a set amount, yep. and then the food was brought to them, and then they ate it in their own houses. Is what I'm doing, am I a restaurant? You are a restaurant, but you've sent elements of your restaurant into the home. It's not the same experience as being in your place, but you've maintained your economic viability, as some managed to, by doing that very thing, as you described during COVID. The, the, for me, the linchpin element in that is the food choice, the menu, back to menu, is, is what the chef wants to offer or uh, has decided to offer. It's going to be done the way the chef wants to do it, I mean, uh, so it's the character of the food, and uh, that's really the essential element. So what separates this from my catering example with my friends, then? Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's not, it that's, doesn't. It's so hard it because so we, hard. Have these, <laughs> we have these preconceived notions of what yes. a restaurant is, yes. and, and we think that we, we want... We think we know it when we see it, right? If it's if it's a if it quacks, it's a duck, right? But then when we start digging into what makes it what it is, it becomes very hard to define. The place it. you and your friends stopped was it a caterer's or was it a restaurant? Was it labeled a restaurant? It was a restaurant, right? Okay, so you had the food that that place provided. Yes, and it was food characteristic of just that place in the way that it's made. Yes. So so you could. You might so be even able to though tell. even though we didn't have any staff, even though we didn't have any ambiance, even though we didn't have anything else, the character of the food is the representative of the restaurant that we have brought into our home, which now it's restaurant food. Restaurant food <laughs> consumed <laughs> in a brought home. Restaurant food home. So you have a taste of the restaurant, quite literally as well as figuratively, but you don't have the restaurant experience. Okay, so now back to my thought <laughs> example, right? Because it's very similar. We've brought the restaurant food into our house that we are now eating. But the problem is, is that the original location that the food originated from is not a restaurant, right? It's a kitchen because no customers can come into this place and order food or sit down or, or do anything. It's purely a, a, a online delivery only service. I create the food in one location. Delivery drivers bring it to people at their houses. They have a choice. They have a retail exchange. They have the food. So am I – they have restaurant food, but am I a restaurant? I, no. I think, I, think you're, <laughs> I, I think you're not because the, the – the, uh, you know, we, we've played and we haven't played fast and loose. We've, we've done exactly what we're supposed to be doing, which is to examine words, examine definitions, keep challenging each other. Yes, this. Oh, well, then I'm turning around saying no, that. It's not a restaurant because you are not even in an approximation of the space, the ambiance, whatever that may be, uh, if there is an intentional one. Hmm. You know, some people would say a diner is not a restaurant. I would disagree. Right. Because a diner has a character hmm. that, that people work at. <laughs> so we've said this a couple times now, this sort of amorphous word, character. Yeah. Do you think character can be defined as the public, the interface between the restaurant and the public? Uh, yes, with the addition, though, that it's a specific 
a, combi- a specific combination of elements that make that space and the provision of that food, the food itself, recognizably unique. Okay. Yeah, yeah, right. So I, I think that that might help get us closer, right? Because in my thought experiment, there's no interface with the customer, right? It's all this online thing. Right. And I think that even with primarily delivery services, right? You think of like a, a pizza shop or something. The food has a character. And even the delivery people might wear a uniform or might have something that represents the the character of the restaurant. Yeah. Whereas a rather faceless organization that just delivers food. And we have food delivery services, but those, the difference between those and my thought experiment is you assemble that food yourself. So yep. you're putting your own character into it, which strips it of the restaurant character. You are. Whereas if it was, the food is preserved, you know, made at a, a certain location and delivered, the character of that location is supposed to be carried in the food. Um, it's on the premises. You see, that's that's the, the other part of the legal definition that I think we can't just walk away from. If we, if we're, you can be restored and refreshed in many places, but if you're being restored and refreshed in a strictly restaurateur way, you are in the space that that group or that person has created. You are in the space of the service and the provisions and and how the space has been laid out. So, yeah. So, okay, this gets us very interesting then. Is, is any takeout only restaurant a restaurant at all? So, going back to our hot dog vendor, right? Is our hot dog vendor a restaurant? Because he, does, <laughs> he, he has a physical location, but food is not meant to be consumed at that location. In that case, the thermopileum that we've discussed right. technically – isn't a restaurant, even though it is included in the history of restaurants. If he provides a stool or two next to his hot dog cart. What if his customers just hang around standing around talking with him? What if it's his personality that draws people in? Then right? it has his be- way of preparing food. These yep, sorts of things, yep, right? yep. Then it has become a restaurant at least loosely, if not entirely legalistically, because on-premise – He doesn't own the premises that his streetcar is on. Right. But his presence and his personality, the smell of the food, have transformed that corner. (laughs) And if you do hang out and talk to him and and take in all the smells as as things are going on and converse with other people who are stopping as well, then you've turned it into a restaurant experience. I I would say that then it becomes close to a restaurant. Technically, legally... Not absolutely a restaurant because it's not an owned premise. Yeah. Yeah, we've already turned up our nose at legal and legal right. definitions. But, but, <laughs> but I right. think that – no, I think that what you have hit at it, which is, again, we're talking about this osmotic boundary, this yeah. – that things can become and It's essentially a restaurant. A restaurant. It can become right. an undependent. If you t- buy and, the hot dog, you walk away. No. Yeah, right. You're exactly. You're not having a but, – but, yeah, if you hang out – I mean, there were there was there was an um, – uh, where I where I live, the, the town every year has a Christmas. Most little towns do, but they they have this sort of Christmas specials that try to uh, nights to draw people out to use local business. And they have food carts everywhere, and 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 what and I was waiting in line for the, uh, one food truck for a long time. I was ending up talking to people. I was smelling all the stuff they were making. I was hearing their interactions. Uh, I was essentially in their restaurant, so to speak, but it really wasn't, but it was in the essence of. Yeah, and I think that that essence can manifest itself in a few different ways, right? You could have an impermanent location like a food truck, but perhaps it's the character of the person or the presentation or or any of those things that creates the atmosphere. And in a delivery or a takeout situation, you may not have the physical location but you may have packaging or scent or taste or other things that represent the character of the restaurant that you are, are taking with you. I, I think a food being at a food cart is closer to being in a restaurant than a takeout. I think so too. So okay, let's let's try to draw this together. So yep. so A is a precondition of a restaurant the purchase of 
food. We decided that that probably wasn't the case based off of the etymology. It could be a drink. So, um, is it necessary that a restaurant has a menu? No, you do not need to have a choice. Is it essential that a restaurant serves an entree? No. Is a restaurant a physical location? Yes, but that location isn't necessarily always the restaurant. So as a result, um, let's take the harshest example and see if it holds up. Right. So let's let's choose a drink. Let's say diet Pepsi. Right. Is our is our non food item. Yeah. Um, and there's no choice. The only thing that this this place serves is diet Pepsi. And but I can drink that diet Pepsi until I'm satiated. I can have. I can continue to purchase them, right? And it's served from a let, let's use the the food truck, right? So if you had a truck, a, a food cart that rolled up, and he said, "Hey, Diet Pepsi for sale," right? <laughs> and you went over and you said, "Hey, can I have one?" You said, "Sure." You can I have as many as I want? And he said, "Yeah, keep drinking them until you you're satiated." And you, his location could move around, but he was a he had. He had packaging, ambiance, a retail exchange, these different things. Is he a restaurant? Using our minimum no, definition. How does he have ambiance? He's and not I, preparing the And food. I think that's our sticking point. I think that's ambiance. the one thing that we're still struggling to define is what the ambiance entails. And we've gone back and forth about it a little bit, yeah. whether it's the location, um, the person, or just the character of of the the thing the character and atmosphere and atmosphere of a place um let's let's just go with that definition the the character and atmosphere of of the place so he pulls up the the, the soda cart the pop cart and and you buy five root beers and i feel restored and satiated but you're standing there or mm. or he has a a stool, or you you have on your back because you just carry it along because you like to stop and sit and talk to people. You have a, a folding chair on your back. <laughs> sit and you put the folding chair next to him. He hasn't provided the folding chair you have. And you have a conversation with him about pop, about the preparation of pop. See, the thing that gets me is he hasn't prepared it. Right. If it was a hot dog stand, it's a sandwich truck, it's that stuff's happening there in the hands of So we're thinking preparation is an element. Oh, yeah. Because because then an ice cream truck, right? That popped into my mind. So an ice cream truck, you know, you might not even have to interact with the guy, but if the ice cream truck plays a certain tune, that tune could be the character in the ambiance of and the, the color the, of the of of the truck and or and the and the, the sound of the cooler and the but if you're just buying pre-made ice cream pops versus homemade ice cream or a scooped ice cream cone, I think it's less a restaurant. I think it's okay. less a restaurant because of the preparation level. I, I think that the hands-on. And I, I, I don't. I, I wouldn't necessarily have said that at the beginning of the conversation. I don't think I would have either. But I, I think I'm agreeing with you because if there's no preparation element, it's really closer to a store. Yeah. Right. You're. You're it's a C store. It's a okay. Now they have character of a kind. Not all convenience stores are alike. Um, but even if you're serving drinks, right? You know, you have to make coffee, or you have to make tea, or you have to, you know. And those places will serve, they'll serve, you know, if they serve, but it's almost that like that's where the transition takes place, right? Because if you have a coffee shop and they serve just prepackaged stuff, yeah. it really doesn't seem to be a restaurant. No, but if they make it from scratch, then. Yeah, it, then it, it kind it, of it, does, it does, doesn't it? It's a deli. Let's say a deli sets up two tables, uh, whether it puts a tablecloth on or not, whatever. But And, and they have uh, an array of subs that they will make. Uh, breakfast pizza, eggs. You can also go in and you can buy a few of the standard things. You can grab some toothpaste. You can grab a, a, a whatever, aspirin. But you can sit down and you can eat the sub that the person at the, uh, is putting together in front of your eyes. That's a restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I don't think that was mentioned in any of the definitions, but I think that preparation is is an, an important element. Yeah. 
Well, this was a lot of fun. And <laughs> like, yeah, <it> was. <laughs> like I was talking, we like I said before we got on the air, you know, when I started this week, I thought, man, it's going to be hard to talk about something like this. And then like it is with every episode, by the time I got done doing the research, I thought, we're never going to be able to talk about all this in one episode. <laughs> there's lots of things about restaurants that can be talked about philosophically that are arguably more important than the things we talked about today, like like pay, ethical sourcing oh of gosh, materials, yes. waste. There's Nutritive all value, waste, yeah, huge things that have important consequences on on society as a whole and maybe we will someday talk give a i have a restaurants part two and talk about some of those important topics but this was just a, a really fun exercise and philosophical thinking about something that we just sort of take for granted on an everyday basis so until next time keep pondering.